Today, as Vanessa said, uh, we're going to be taking a look at an aspect of relationships that I don't think gets talked enough. Now, in fairness, I think that relationships have changed. I think that the conversation has changed. I think people are now talking about this part of relationships that we're going to elevate. But I really want for it to be a conversation that happens in church. And what we are talking about today is boundaries. You may have heard this before, but I'm going to come right out the gate and I'm going to say it to you. Boundaries are a healthy part, an essential part of healthy relationships. You heard what I said? There are certain things that are boundaries that we have in all relationships, and they are a healthy part of our relationships. Remember last week in our discussion on sex, we talked about that bowl, right? And we used the bowl as an aspect of a container. That bowl, in a sense, is a representation of boundaries. And in, in, in God's eye, the most intimate container that we have is, in fact, that bowl of marriage, right? That, and, and marriage creates a boundary for the two people that are in it, and it creates a boundary for the people that are outside of it. My wife and I are homeowners and we love our home. I love my house. Now, every now and then, who else goes on Zillow and just says, yo, how much of the house is, if you have been on Zillow and looking at houses now, you're like, nah, nah, bump that. I'm not buying a house, right? And, and, and uh, my, my wife and I were like entertaining it for a little bit, but like really we're like, we love our house. But there are two things about our house that looking back at it now, we're like, oh, we could have thought through it a little bit differently. And the biggest thing is honestly a fenced-in backyard. Having a fenced-in backyard for us is, in fact, the biggest deal for us in being homeowners. Why? Because as our children grew older and they began to voyage outside, not having a fenced-in backyard, if you know my little Bree Bree, it, you lose sight of Bree Bree before you know it, she, she's, she's gone. Like, she's out, and she's quick, right? And, and with a fenced-in backyard, though, it, your, your kids are back there, and they're locked in, right? They, they can't get out. So even if they're running around and having fun, like, they can't get out, and more importantly, nothing else can come inside. It creates a safe zone for our kids on the inside and a locked zone for everything else out. Many times in relationships, or many times rather, our relationships require restrictions. And restrictions aren't necessarily a bad thing. They help clarify expectations and help us understand how we navigate in relationships with other people. So the title of today's message is, walk with me, y'all, it's called Regationships, Restrictions in Our Relationships. Now, some of y'all are like, yo, Lionel, all right, I, I was with you this whole message. You were able to finagle relationships and make it work. What's, Lionel, come on, man, what's, re what's Regationship? All right, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I couldn't figure out a way to make it work, right? So there's relationship. I just took the G and the L and I replaced it. So if you're going to come at me, you can come at me online. I already know one person in the chat is going to be making, he's making fun of me as we speak. And it's okay. I own that. I'll walk with it. But I think it captures where we are going this, after, this morning. So let me be clear about what I'm defining as a boundary. A boundary is defined as something 
that indicates or fixes a limit or an extent. Healthy relationships have healthy limits or extents, and depending on those relationships, depending on the relationship, you will find out what those limits and extents are. Now, for some of us, I'm going to come back here. This may be a foreign concept, especially if you have grown up in very tight-knit communities. So I'm going to be honest with you, right? I, we, we, a lot of us have grown up in the Haitian community or the Caribbean community or the Latin community, right? Uh, or the Latinx community or Latino community. And, and what we've learned, if you observe some of these, especially ethnic communities, sometimes the lines of boundaries get blurred. Everyone knows everything. Everyone is involved in everyone's business. Everyone has a say. Everyone can tell you what you should think or what you should do or how you should do this or how you should do that. Sometimes it could be friends that have opinions that are not asked for, even loved ones and significant others. And this happens and it creates cultural norms of blended or, or, or even infringed upon boundaries. Now, I want to tell you again, that might have been your norm. And I'm not here to tell you whether it's good or bad or indifferent. I'm just going to tell you that your norm was your norm. And it is okay simultaneously to establish new normals as you develop healthy relationships. The way that things used to be, they don't have to be that way anymore. The way that things were don't have to be your mode of operation, your, your, the way that you move forward in your life. It's okay to have healthy boundaries. So I'm going to say this to you no matter how you grew up, no matter what you've experienced. Say this to yourself and I want you to say it out loud. It's okay to have healthy boundaries. I want you to say it out loud like you mean it. It's okay to have healthy boundaries. Let me, let's walk through this and dive into it immediately and understand why it's important. And I'm going to just, again, just come right out with it. You've never heard this before, and I'm going to say it to you clearly. Healthy boundaries are biblical. What? What do you mean, Lionel? What do you mean? I never uh, uh, explain. Yes, you heard me correctly. Having the correct boundaries is actually a biblical concept. Now, depending on your faith and your cultural background, sometimes this is not what's talked about, and we already talked about certain communities that we are a, a, a part of, right? And, 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 and some people will view you having boundaries in a negative way. Some people believe that if you have boundaries, that you are cold and distant and detached. I want to challenge that notion this morning. I want to submit to you that in your relationships, appropriate boundaries play a role in honoring the health and wellness of yourself and the individuals that are in your life. I, I, I want to be clear as we're talking about this. Again, Boundaries serve as a mode of protection, a container, a safe zone where we discussed last, like we discussed last week, and those boundaries help create clear expectations of what's going to happen. If we are in this relationship, then there are things that we are going to agree to and not agree to, or agree to do and not to do. If we are going to do this together, if we're going to be friends, there's things that we say we will do and things that we say that we won't do. There's things that I'm going to be okay with and there's things that I'm not going to be okay with. Boundaries distinguish the difference. The, the, the boundaries distinguish the differences in your relationships with one person and with other people. I love Jesus, uh, God's example of boundaries even here, right? Even when God was working, uh, um, um, there's, there's a culture of 
poor boundaries in American work culture. And I think it's changing, but a lot of us still struggle with it, right? Some of us will work overtime or work uh, uh, harder than we need to work at work, right? Because we believe that the, the pressure that's been put on us to perform makes us feel as if we have to overexert ourselves. And it begins to impact our, our own mental wealth and health and health and, 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 and how we're managing and well-being. But God is the perfect example of good boundaries even at work. Because what we see in the book of Genesis is God creates the, 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 the whole expanse of the universe in six days. And what does the Bible say he does on the seventh day? It says that he rested. God initiated boundaries in, in, in and for himself on that, on the, in that time. So boundaries help create expectations in our relationships and it helps set them apart. Notice I'm saying the word set it apart. The notion of being set apart is connected to the notion of being holy. And that means we've decided to live in a way that distinguishes us. Therefore, there are things that we are willing to do and not willing to do in order to be in relationship with God. That also accounts in our relationships with other people. Let me tell you something about God and relationships. God models boundaries for us. Let me say that one more time. God actually models what boundaries looks like for us in our lives in Scripture. I already gave you one example when God created the whole universe and, 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 and creation. I want to jump ahead from Jump Street and see how God manages boundaries with mankind. Ready? Remember, when we read in Scripture, we talked about this a bunch of times already in this relationship series. When we read in Scripture, God was walking with Adam and Eve spending time with them emotionally and being intimate with them and investing in them every evening. In fact, it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, then the man and, her, man and wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This was something God did every day. He was intimate in relationships. The boundaries were very, the, the relationships were close with man and mankind. But again, God, uh, with God, God also uh, says out loud, right? And God shows and models for us that even as he was walking with mankind, you can't do whatever you want. You can't cross certain lines. You can't cross certain boundaries or there's going to be consequences. How do we know that? Because when we read in Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says, Then the Lord God gave the man a command. He said, You may eat fruit from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will certainly die, as Vanessa read earlier before. Now, some of you may say, why did God create this tree? Why did God even make this an option? The tree was a boundary. It was a line. It was a demonstration of a line that, that uh, excuse me, uh, of a possibility of violation of relationship. It was a boundary that God intentionally uh, created, an indicator, so to speak. And Adam and Eve's ability to honor that indicator would show their level of commitment and care and investment in their relationship with God. Do you understand where I'm going? It wasn't a coercive tactic. It wasn't a this or a that. It was God making sure, right? God being certain, God being absolutely sure that Adam and Eve were walking in lockstep and honoring the boundaries of the relationship that he had created with them. In order for us to stay as intimate as possible, God said, don't cross this line. Don't eat from this fruit. You see, healthy boundaries honor your well-being and account 
for the well-being of others, right? Lionel, how is that connected to God modeling boundaries? You see, because as I said already, we talked about holiness. God is holy. God is all things good. God is all things pure. God is all things holy. Holy is a part of who he is. It's a mark of his character. He was not willing to subject his character to anything less than what he knew he needed. And as a result of that, he put up a healthy boundary and said, if you cross this line, we can't be as intimate as I, was like, as I would like for you to be. I can't walk with you in the garden like we used to. We can't talk in the cool of the evening and kick it like we used to if you cross this line. Because God had values. God had a way of being, an expectation that he held towards mankind, and he would hold them to that. This is why even after mankind and, 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 and uh, humankind, rather, they, are, they, uh, they uh, fall and they experience the fall of man, God still initiates that boundary, right? If my people humble themselves and call me by name, seek their face and turn, seek my face and turn from their wicked, from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and I will restore the land and I will forgive them. You see, what you need to understand is that God is a man of, of immovable boundaries and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And God says, if you are willing to do certain things, there are certain consequences that follow. If you are willing to abide by me, there are positive ramifications that follow. If you're not willing to abide by me and respect my boundaries, there are other things that will follow. God indicates that there are consequences if we cross certain boundaries. And remember in Genesis 3, Adam and Eve crossed that boundary. So there are consequences. They are rendered, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, that they are rendered mortal. They are subjected to pain. They are subjected to strife and enmity. And they are kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Now, God does extend grace to mankind later on in the form of Jesus Christ. But things change as a result of the crossed boundary. If you cross this line, I can forgive you. But things will change. Let, let, me, let, me, let, let me just make sure y'all understand that. There's this weird understanding in Christian culture that forgiveness and reconciliation are hand in hand. Reconciliation means, you listening to me? Reconciliation means that the other person comes to the knowledge of what they've done. You come to the knowledge of what has happened or what you've done. And there is an amicable and true loving exchange of forgiveness, grace, and redemption that occurs between two people. Right? Right? That does not mean restoration of relationship happens. Sometimes when boundaries are crossed, we can forgive people. We can say, I love you. We can say, thank you, I see you, I hear you, and simultaneously, we can have the conversation of, but we can't be like the way that we used to be. If God can model that for us, we can also follow in that step. There are times where you can say to someone, I forgive you, I see you, and I will always love you, you will always hold a special place in my heart, but for my own self preservation and care. I cannot go forward with you in the same way that we used to go. 
And that is because healthy boundaries protect our faith and our personhood. Healthy boundaries protect you, what you believe, and who you are. We're going to take a little bit of a deeper step into this aspect right now. And I said what I said on purpose. Christians have a weird relationship with setting boundaries. Too many Christians believe that if they set boundaries with other people, specifically folks who are not Christian, that there's a fear that they're going to be judged or unjustly criticized. We don't want to come off as prude or high and mighty or holy within thou. And because our boundaries aren't firm and strong, we allow others, we allow ourselves to experience things and go through things and encounter things that we would otherwise not have encountered if we had had healthy boundaries. A lot of times when Christians have unhealthy boundaries, their faith is impacted as a result. I want to submit to you today that the erection and maintenance of healthy boundaries in your life is essential for the protection of your faith and the preservation of your personhood. Let me say that one more time. If you, if you have healthy boundaries, you need healthy boundaries as a believer in order to protect your faith and preserve your personhood. If the enemy can find a way to compromise your boundaries, he finds a way to seep in and compromise your faith. Think about that. Think about that. Scripture tells us that the enemy is always looking, always lurking, always scheming. He's described as a creeping lion, lion ready to devour. Have you ever seen a lion on the prowl? Have you ever seen how that lion crouches low? Have you ever seen how that lion almost seems inconspicuous? How it's hiding in the shadows? how its movements are slow and steady, and then all of a sudden, that discreet, blended-in body finds its opportunity and, boom, chooses the opportunity to attack. I want to give an example of a healthy boundary that we see in the Bible. Now, it's going to be a little bit of a twist from what you're used to hearing. But if we look at it, there's an example of healthy boundaries being set here by these individuals. And I want to take a look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego real quick. Now, if you know the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are foreigners in a foreign land under King Nebuchadnezzar. And he builds a golden image to which he commands all the people of the land that they have to bow to and worship. And all the people of the land do bow to it and worship except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, it's important to understand that they are exiles from Jerusalem into the Babylonian Empire, right? But because of Daniel earlier in chapter 2 being elevated by the king, he says, yo, I got my homies with me. Lord, if, I mean, uh, king, if you're going to elevate me, I need you to elevate my homies too. So the king, actually, Nebuchadnezzar, elevates Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are working in the king's palace. They are under the direct advisement of the king. They are in co-workers in a space with other people under someone. There's a relationship there. There's a relationship that goes on. Yes, it can be under oppression, and we understand that, but there's a relationship between them and the king. So what's interesting is they were expected to conform based off of the king's command. And yet, in this group of community, in this community where they're expected to fall in line, they choose to not let the king force them to compromise their boundaries. And then they are confronted by the king and listen to what, the king, uh, would, uh, what they say to the king in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. And it says... 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to talk about this anymore. Hallelujah. Ooh, listen to that. We do not need to talk about this anymore. We might be thrown into a blazing furnace, but the God we serve is able to bring us out in it alive, and he will save us from your power. But we want you to know this, your majesty, even if we know that our God wouldn't save us, we still wouldn't serve your gods. We wouldn't worship the God, the gold statue that you set up. Y'all, do you hear the conviction? Do you hear what they say in that moment? Their, their faith has founded and erected and solidified impenetrable boundaries that not even the king can break down because that they know the boundaries that they maintain are directly connected to their faith and their personhood. And whether or not they are subjected to persecution and harm and pain and suffering and even death, they don't compromise their boundaries because they know the impact it will have on their faith. So what we see later on is that th these boundaries are the very thing that keep them alive. The, the, the choice that they made to honor their commitment and to honor the container of relationship with the God that they served and not let anything penetrate it is the very thing that keeps them focused and alive in that moment. And let's read the reaction of the king in Daniel chapter 3, verse 27. And it says, everybody was watching and they saw that the fire had not had any power over their bodies of these men. The hair on their heads were not singed, the cloaks were not harmed, and there was no smell of fire that came upon them. Y'all, let me say this one more time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the boundaries that they erected was out of their commitment and relationship with God. And they said that there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing that anyone can do to force them to compromise what they knew to be true. You see, healthy boundaries are immovable because you know their worth and their impact. The boundaries that you have in your life should be molded and cast from the foundation of your faith and they should not be moved. They should not be moved. Those boundaries, if rooted in what you believe and in what you know about your relationship with God, are meant to protect your relationship with God and subsequently honor your relationships with other people, even as you are disappointing them. Why do I say that? Let me make sure you understand why I'm saying that. Do you recognize that in a weird way, what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did is humble the king, gave the king a realistic view of who he was under the sight of God. Because they honored their boundaries, because they honored the respect for relationship that they had with God and wouldn't let anybody compromise that, even though he was furious at the moment, the essence of their boundaries and faith became a humbling moment when everything came to pass, when push came to shove. Because remember, this king 
who wanted to be praised and worshipped, this king who wanted them to follow an edict that would say, your God is not your God, I am your God. This king came to a revelation of, I am not who I think I am. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of their faith. You see, there are times where the boundaries you erect can actually be a revealing point to the health and wellness of other people as much as you are uh, protecting your own health, wellness, faith, and personhood. When I have healthy boundaries with a brother and sister, I'm not only having healthy boundaries for myself and modeling for myself, I'm also modeling for you because the Bible says for us to love your neighbor as you Love yourself, and if I love myself and I wouldn't want certain things to happen to me, my brother, I put up boundaries for me because I wouldn't want the same thing to happen to you. So here's a boundary for me I'm about to get made fun of. It's a boundary, it's probably a little bit of an issue, but we're going to use it as an example. I find myself to be a very giving person, except for when I have to share food. I struggle with sharing food, right? If people want me to share food, I'm kind of like, eh, no, no thank you. Like, I don't want to share food with you. It's something that I'm growing in. But I always have to explain my ideology with people. My, ide- my ideology with pe- to people when I, when, I, oh, when I don't always share is, I wouldn't want done to you what I don't want done to me. I'm not going to ask to take something from you. Rarely do I ask to take something from people. I don't want to go into your plate and take a chicken wing or take some fries, right? Like, that's yours, and I, and I respect the fact that that's yours. So I want that to be honored for myself. Now, I'm using this as an example. Pray for me, because I need some deliverance. I acknowledge, I acknowledge that. But at the same time, what I want to elevate is when you have healthy boundaries for yourself, what you are also doing is showing people the way that I care about myself I care about you too. And I don't want done to you what I would not want done to me. Do you see the mutuality there? Do you see the connectedness there? Do you see why that's important? So let me say this to you. Don't let anyone move or compromise your boundaries. If they are healthy and they are in Christ and they serve a purpose, you know what they are, you know their value, you know their worth. Don't let anyone change that. Don't let anyone change it. Now, here's the hard part that we're going to get to right now, and we're coming to a close. So we have these boundaries. And Lionel, you're saying my boundaries are immovable, right? That I should have these boundaries if I'm walking with Jesus, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just how God modeled boundaries for us, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But Lionel, how do I put those boundaries out? How do I act on those boundaries? Let me help you understand. Boundaries require wisdom, love assertiveness, and clarity. Okay? Okay? Now, let me, let me, now, now you let me, uh, I want you to think to yourself right now, and I want you to think about whatever boundaries that you may have, and what you've erected in your life, or where you need them. And I want to remind you today that there are boundaries in nearly every relationship, whether it is an informal interaction with a store clerk, or it is an intimate moment with your wife or husband. There are boundaries in every relationship. But when we have these boundaries, we need to make sure that they are rooted in love, in wisdom, assertiveness, and clarity. 
We need to make sure that those are, 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 are in there. I heard this quote one time, right? Because our boundaries may be true, but if they're not communicated with love, sometimes truth without love kills. And then love without truth lies. So we need to make sure that as we have our healthy boundaries, that we are in a way communicating to God, to, to people in a way that asserts wisdom, that asserts love, that has assertiveness ingrained in it, and that is very clear. And I want to dive through that and make sure you understand, right? Let's look at that wisdom component first. Wisdom helps you establish boundaries that are in the Lord. And listen to what these two uh, verses, James 3, verse 17 and Proverbs 2, verse 6 say. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. That the most important thing about, that's the most important thing about it. That, and that's not all, excuse me. It also loves peace. It thinks about others. It obeys. It's full of mercy and good fruit. It is fair. It doesn't pretend to be what it is not. And listen to Proverbs 2, verse 6. The Lord gives wisdom. Knowledge and understanding comes from his mouth. When we establish boundaries, we need to do so from the wisdom of God. We need to make sure that we are going into scripture, understanding what it means for us to navigate to relationships, understand what it means for us to protect our relationship with God, to be outside of sin and erect those boundaries as needed, not with contempt and hatred and malice towards other people, but instead with peace and care and reason and sensibility and mercy. We talked about love. That's the second thing. Just because you have boundaries doesn't mean that those boundaries are void and love and affection for other people. When you develop your boundaries, you must do so out of a sense of love for your neighbor, just as you love yourself, as I talked about before. When you express those boundaries to someone else, do so with a sense of love. And let me ground you in what I mean by that. If I speak in 1 Corinthians verse 3, verse 1 through 3, chapter 3, verse 1 through 3, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I, if I had the prophetic powers and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and if I have faith so to, as so to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I have away, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. You can share your boundaries, and then you can do so with the best impossible intent. But if it's not done with love, it lacks the impact that it has. As you share your boundaries, choose your words wisely. Proverbs verse 15 and 1 says, a soft word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So, uh, thirdly, I talked about being, uh, uh, thirdly, I talked about uh, 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 being vigilant. And, and once you have identified your boundaries, guard them, watch them, protect them. As we have said earlier, the enemy is trying to find opportunities to dissuade you and lower your guard because lowering your guard and lowering your boundaries will eventually impact your faith and your walk with Christ. And Ephesians 4 verse 27 says this clearly, and give no opportunity to the devil. 
Give him no chance to sneak in, whether it's through a stranger, a friend, a family, or a significant other. Give the enemy no chance to sneak in and tear down your boundaries bit by bit and be assertive and clear. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, boundaries require us to stand on our ground. It requires us to mean what we say and say what we mean. Too many of us are flimsy. Too many of us struggle when it comes to time to honor what we know will protect our faith and boundaries. State your boundaries and do so clearly. Let me give you a little clue from a little verse that says this very clearly. Ephesians 4 verse 27 says, Let your yes mean yes and let your no mean no. Excuse me, Matthew 5 verse 37, excuse me, says let your yes mean yes and let your no mean no. When you can say it with wisdom, you can say it with love, but you need to be convincing, secure, and meaningful as you say it. If the answer in your heart is yes, then move with it. But if the answer in your heart is no, confidently put up that boundary. And if that person truly honors you, they will honor your request. Now, we're going to close here, and I know that this conversation can go deeper, 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 deeper. This is the thing about Sunday mornings. This is just opening conversations. But I want to post to you this morning, where is God calling you to have healthy boundaries? Is it with a friend who over time has lowered your sense of boundaries and suddenly impacted your sense of morality and values that has impacted your faith? It is a significant other that has caused you to compromise, making you do things that you wouldn't have wanted to do. Is it a family member that for better or for worse has held expectations that have inadvertently or purposefully harmed you? If this message resonates with you this morning, I want to, for you to bring it before God and ask for God to give you the wisdom to acknowledge and begin to build the appropriate boundaries for health and wellness in your own life and in your relationships. Now, I want to tell you really quickly as well, boundaries can change. And depending on the stage of life and relationships that you are with people, those boundaries can adjust. And that is okay. But ask for the Lord to reveal to you what boundaries you need to have so that your faith isn't impacted and your personhood can grow and mature. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come before your throne and go through this word, Lord, to explore boundaries, Father. God, right now, I ask that you speak to your people, Lord. We ask that you allow for them to have immovable boundaries like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We ask, Father God, that they have boundaries that are modeled after what it was, after you, Father God. You, Father God, the example of what it means to not have lines crossed and to stand firm in your character, stand firm in your belief, Father God. Stand firm in the essence of who you are, Father God. And we ask that as we communicate those boundaries to other people, we can do so with a sense of love and care and assertiveness and clarity, Father God. And we can be vigilant against the attacks of the enemy that will try to dissuade and destroy our boundaries. Father God, having boundaries helps us grow in you and helps us have healthy relationships with other people. Give us that this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.